0: Hi, I'm Patricia Gobarak And
1: I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today we have Patricia giving us some new research, uh, summarizing an article for us. Uh, do you want to let us know a little bit about the topic for the day before I see how stuff's going
0: with you? Sure. So the topic is gratitude and how it can reduce workplace mistreatment. Mm. And spoiler alert... A little bit of journaling never hurt anyone. (laughs) Ooh,
1: that's a good spoiler. Yeah. I like that. I feel like that's a good reminder because I know you used to be quite the journaler. I always have trouble. (laughs) I have always had trouble journaling. Um, And so I feel like that's a good reminder because I know that there are a lot of positive benefits, but I have a hard time with it. I feel like, do you still keep a journal?
0: No, I go through like bouts every once in a while. I get like in a mood and maybe start one. And honestly, when I was younger, I know what journal you're referring to—my embarrassing <laughs> journal from eighth grade. There um, weren't there multiple journals. <laughs> there were, but the yeah. the shining star was the uh, <laughs> last semester of eighth grade, all documented in a journal. Uh, oh. I love it the it's worst so good. <laughs> it's terrible it's so good <laughs> I feel like I could make an entire podcast reading that and like I think you should would probably should. listen because it's so crazy <laughs> Danny would love that oh my gosh I mean he should be the one reading it really because yeah, that he puts be it. in all these inflections and stuff we'd have to change names to protect the innocent but um that's true <laughs> but <laughs> yeah I would go through these phases like my entire life I would go through phases where I'm like I really want to do a journal and then I would stick with it for a window of time and then I would be done and then I'd come back like two years later and do a new journal so I never really I don't think I've been more consistent than like six months at a time hmm. that's pretty good though six months is pretty good yeah it's not too bad um, but I've definitely been worse about it as an adult uh, mm-hmm. probably mostly because I just don't well, it's, you have to find the time top of everything else and right. I haven't prioritized it by any means.
1: Yeah. I feel like, um, I took that class on, um, writing and like tapping into creativity as a writer and, um, and like just how to get into your like writing mode. And they recommended writing, um, three pages of stuff every morning when you first wake up was there like suggested not like three pages of like writing like they suggested like anything that comes to your mind anything that you're thinking feeling things you have to do for the day like anything that comes to your mind three pages write it out and that should be the very first thing that you do every day and um i was so bad at it because i feel like <laughs> i feel like first thing in the morning is also not a good time for me like i feel like in the morning i'm very focused on like I'm up I have to get like I would always prefer to like sleep for a few extra minutes than to like get up and write something so I feel like I prefer that and then I do that and then I'm not gonna like then I'm like in my day I'm not gonna like stop to write three pages of stuff maybe nighttime would work better for me um because Mm -hmm. that seems to be a time when I like I feel like I've already got done the things that I want to get done more so. And I'm like, okay, now I can like relax. But they were like adamant that it had to be in the morning.
0: Interesting. I feel like Mm -hmm. there's some, whether there's research behind it or not, there's probably some idea that if you start being creative, then it bleeds into the rest of your day or something that they're working off of.
1: Yeah. They were kind of saying that, It doesn't – I don't think it comes from research. It's, like, this woman's methodology, um, the book that they were using, but it's definitely not based in, like, anything scientific. But she says that it's better to, like, write when you're looking forward because it helps you to discover things that you want to do for the day or helps you to, like, set your day on a course towards things more intentionally as opposed to reflecting back on a day that already happened
0: yeah Um, I'm gonna call BS on that one that doesn't feel like it's right
1: yeah so and I kind of was like I don't know I feel like if you're also like always going to be in a place where it feels more like a chore because you're like worried about getting to other stuff or whatever like I feel like then it has to vary some by person I would imagine like when is better but she talks about like prospective and like present-minded journaling as opposed to like recapping a day but I also feel like at the end of the day it doesn't mean you're just like this is what I did today bye right you could also think about the next day right
0: yeah it could be the same thing right like you could practice mindfulness and really focus on the present emotions or whatever like you don't have to just do retrospective just because it's later in the day that's interesting. And three pages is a lot. Like, I imagine yeah. I would get through the first page and then I would just be writing, like, I don't know what else to say. I yeah. don't know what else to say.
1: I yeah, am it's still really writing long. because I
0: need three pages. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. People were actually writing that in the class. And, like, um, what I ended up doing the days that I did try to do it, even though it didn't really work that well for me, um, was I used index cards. Like, three front and back index cards. Because that just felt more like... It felt less intimidating than, like, oh, my gosh, I have to fill out, like, these three, like, whole big pages. Like, it felt like, okay, fill out an index card, flip it over, fill it out, flip it Like, it felt just, like, faster Mm -hmm. uh, for some reason. But then again, like, the goal wasn't really, like, speed, right? So I was also (laughs) feeling like that was also part of, like, the timing issue for me was that I was very focused on, like, okay, I got to get this done. And that's probably not, like, the proper headspace to be in.
0: That's fair. But because you're doing the morning and that's not your favorite thing to do, then it makes sense that you would be trying to focus on speed a bit.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like this is a good, this is a good article that you're bringing up because it's making me think again about how, even though the incorporation of things at this specific time might not have worked, that the idea of doing something maybe is worth thinking about because, um it does seem that it may have some positive benefits, as you have alluded.
0: Yes, yes, journaling can be good, especially around gratitude. So, yeah, we can definitely dive into all of that. Cool. Um, Before we do that, uh, I am curious, how are your cats? (laughs) They're so cute. They're so cute. I can't. Um, Anyone on Instagram can go and see me post about them, like, probably too much um (laughs) they're just adorable and we I think I mentioned this before on the show I can't remember but we are making them adventure cats so adventure cats yeah so right before recording uh we actually put them on their leashes and took them out for the second time and the first few days like you're really just supposed to let them explore and wander and then you have to start teaching them like what it means to be on a leash and that we're gonna walk toward something, not just mm. exploring the world, which I mean is fun too. But it's not yeah. really much walking for us. It's just just standing, and then right? like right. Doing little steps here and there, and then you know, tiny bit of walking, but not really a lot. So we'll have to train them to do a walk. But for now, they're they've been pretty good. They're like the first day, they were a little bit nervous. You know, they were just like a little. Oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And right. then today. I mean, only at the beginning. Then they warmed up and were walking around just fine. And then today, like, it took them no time to warm up. They're like, yep, I'm outside again. I'm going to sniff this grass and I'm going to scratch this Yay. tree and I'm going to do whatever. So, yeah, it's really cute. It's so cute. And they're That's still so exciting. small. It's like just these tiny little nuggets running around. Ugh, I love it. They're doing it. That's great. What yeah. is the
1: So in the end, like, when they become full adventure cats. Yeah, what adventure do they do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we are probably just gonna be taking them like on walks and like short hikes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know some people like go full blown camping with their cats and like mm. kayaking and stuff. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not a camping person anyway so it's not like I'm gonna be like yes let's sleep in a tent and let's bring the cats for that I'd be like no why don't we just take them to a hotel like that sounds better to me (laughs) so yeah so we'll probably just keep it to mostly walks and hikes and things like that I don't think we're gonna I feel like uh Danny might disagree he in his dream world I think he thinks I would camp every once in a while and I think in his dream world we would also bring them like on a boat but we don't have a boat so I don't know how that would work
1: <laughs> you could rent a boat a boat I think would be a good adventure I like a boat adventure I do not like a camping adventure either that would also not be my choice of adventure in any way
0: no I need running water I just mm-hmm. I just Bugs, need it no. oh yeah Kingdom Even imagine. though I will say the adventure cats do try to kill all the bugs. So, hmm. I mean, I guess they could be in your tent and just like killing every bug. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's still really better to be in a hotel room or something. <laughs> yeah.
1: Deploy the adventure cat <laughs> to eat all the bugs.
0: Our little bug murderers. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yes.
1: That's funny, though. I didn't really think about that, that the cats are really on them on the go with the bugs but it does make some sense
0: mm-hmm. yeah even the first day Kona like did a little leap at some flies she just like saw a fly and was like she like hid in the grass and then pounced at it it was so funny it was Aww. so so funny <laughs> they're really so, cute they are they're just so small oh I can't it's just like yay how cute they are just like hurts yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. It's like too much. I love <laughs> it. I yeah I love it. Yeah, so that's been a fun thing to do is introduce them and we're kind of going into these like little training sessions with them. And uh yeah, so that's been fun. What about you? What's going on with you? Um
1: really like nothing very like exciting. I have no animals that do adventures. Wasn't it your dad's Um, birthday this weekend? It was my dad's birthday. Yes, it was my dad's 60th birthday. That was fun. And um, we had a family party. I baked a keto cake because um, my dad uh, was uh, diagnosed with diabetes a little while ago. And um, he can't eat sugar or carbs. And so uh, my mom felt sad for him that like, he couldn't eat anything, and Aww. we looked for him to to get like a cake from a bakery that was like almond flour and sugar free icing and whatever. But um I don't know why we couldn't find anything. Blah, blah blah. Anyway, my mom was like, "Why don't like why do like one of us should just try to make it?" And my mom already had like a million things to do for the party, so I was like, "I'll be in charge of the cake, even though I don't bake." stuff um (laughs) it's not an easy thing either yeah and it actually turned out pretty good oh I was very surprised yeah there were a couple moments when I was making it where I was like uh because also it's like ingredients I don't know so I used to bake like not a lot but like I've definitely baked stuff before um and so I don't feel uncomfortable baking but I just haven't done it in a long time but like generally like i know what to do Um, right but uh this was all ingredients that i absolutely never use so it was like you know coconut oil and like um and like coconut oil is like hard to work with it's like very hard um yeah you have to warm it up or yeah and so like that was like a little challenging to be like they would be like make the coconut oil so that it is not hard, but also not melted. And I was like, Hey, like, I don't really know what (laughs) that calibration is. So there were like a couple failed attempts at the icing as I was trying to figure out, like, I don't know what this is. Um, so, but it all turned out fine. It was good. And it was really nice to just like hang out with family and see everyone. And so that was like, lovely. I felt lovely about it. Um, and it was nice. My dad had a really good time and it was really cute. Like he was really happy, um, to be with family and everything. So it was very lovely. Um, and so yeah, everything was pretty good. The weekend was nice and it was just a a solid time. Then we came back here and now we're back on the grind. I had a dinner with one of my former students last night, which was really nice. So Yeah. Some good stuff. Nothing like crazy, but some nice socializing.
0: Yeah. All good things. All good things. Yes. Not um, All good things. I mean, life doesn't have to be dramatic for it to be exciting. I think it true. sounds fun. <laughs> You're right. You are correct. I, I know. agree with you. I'm always right. Come on. <laughs> you are. It's true. You're like a, a little Buddha. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or like, uh, what's the Confucius? Although I was reading something recently about, like, uh, sexism in, like, old Confucian. Just like any religion, right? But anyway. Yeah. Blah, blah. (laughs) I I just don't want to call you something if then it has some kind of meaning to it that you might not want. So I guess I won't call you any of those things. I'll I'll just just go with smart lady. (laughs) Wise Patricia. Perfect. (laughs) Smart lady. So, smart lady, tell us
0: (laughs) about... your article (laughs) (laughs) um sure so well this article was written by there were some other smart ladies involved um (laughs) nice it is called how a gratitude intervention influences workplace mistreatment a multiple mediation model and it was written by locklear taylor and ambrose and it was published in 2021 um actually if I I can't remember now off the top of my head if it's a December technically pre-publication article it might be um in the journal of applied psychology so brand brand new and it kind of goes along the theme with what we talked about last week with humility and incivility um because it's really all about how gratitude can help reduce workplace mistreatment and one component of workplace mistreatment is that incivility that we talked about Mm. last week
1: nice awesome so that's super exciting um and i am very curious to hear more and i wish that um gratitude and mistreatment rhymed like humility and incivility it would be kind of fun but (laughs) there's not much that rhymes with gratitude or mistreatment so uh that's okay so um tell us a little bit about what
0: they dug into here well, I'm going to say mistreatment is bad attitude, so then we can have a rhyme. Gratitude and bad attitude. Gratitude, bad attitude. <laughs> I love even, it. Even though it doesn't technically fully Good encompass one. mistreatment, but hey, there's a rhyme. Uh, hey, uh,
1: I like that. <laughs> I, I'm,
0: I think we're definitely going with that. Yeah, we're onto something here. Um, but yeah, so, well, first let me kind of define how they define mistreatment, what it included, because it is uh, a bit broader than just incivility. And then uh, I can kind of talk through like what their thoughts were and what they found. So it's a really interesting article because they tested a lot of different things. So I'm not going to dive into every single piece, like what didn't work. But basically along the way, what they were trying to figure out is why, what like does gratitude help reduce mistreatment at work, but also why does it do that? And they tested a bunch of different reasons why. um, And I'll talk about the main one, what they found in a little bit. But mm. yeah, super interesting. But the first thing um, that's important to say is mistreatment includes a couple of different components. So incivility is one piece. And that's like what we talked about before, being rude, you know, making demeaning comments, just kind of subtle meannesses. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. not really a word, but uh, just like, you know, maybe being short with people, things like that. That's one piece, so incivility. The other piece of mistreatment includes gossiping, so basically criticizing people behind their back, talking about them negatively behind their back. And then the third component is ostracism, so ignoring or excluding other people from from things, whether that's events or projects or whatever. Um, so those are the three components that they define mistreatment to include. Um, so incivility, cool. gossiping, and ostracism.
1: Yeah, and all that sounds like bad stuff. Right. So leaving people out and talking badly about people and, uh, you know, being rude or um, yeah, uncivil towards folks like that's basically most of the stuff that you would think about as like a high school nightmare. Right. That you would be like (laughs) bullied. Uh, That sounds pretty much awful. So that combination of things sounds pretty bad. And that makes sense to me why it would be mistreatment.
0: Yes. And so we know that mistreatment, like it sounds bad, it feels bad, but it also reduces things like performance and how happy people are in their job, of course. Um, And so the idea here is that gratitude can help make a better situation where people are mistreating each other less. And we've talked about gratitude before, but we know that you know, cultivating gratitude can lead to like a cycle of gratitude, if you will, right? If, you know, one person is showing gratitude, then the next person probably will. And you can create a culture of gratitude and that a culture of gratitude and just having gratitude in general can help actually promote stronger relationships between people. So if you have better relationships, then you would hope that mistreatment would go down.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And and yeah, so it it does make some sense as you think about sort of the amplifying effect of gratitude and the gener like generativity that gratitude promotes which is like you know when someone even if it's not exchange-based where you're thinking about it from like a a purely selfish perspective but like if someone does something nice uh you know for you you're grateful and you might express that gratitude and then that person might express gratitude to the next person that does something nice for them and then they might express gratitude to someone else so it makes sense that this would sort of like grease the wheels kind of for Mm -hmm. a culture that's more positive as opposed to a culture that um, is marked by the things that you just mentioned, which aren't so nice.
0: Exactly. And so they basically were saying if we do a gratitude intervention, it should reduce mistreatment. But why does it reduce mistreatment? So I'm just going to go ahead and like jump into the results because I want to talk about the reason why. Um, yeah. And I don't feel like it makes sense to talk about all the different potential reasons. I think focusing on what they found is probably the key here. Perfect. So um, first I'll just tell you a little bit about how they did this study. So they had two different experiments. Um, basically time one was like their first experiment. They tested a few things out and time two or experiment two rather was the full shebang like everything that they wanted to test was in experiment two so i'm just going to mostly spend my time talking about experiment two because um basically what they found in experiment one was replicated in experiment two and then more happened there okay. um so what they did in experiment two is they had and really they did this in both they had people do a 10-day gratitude journaling intervention um so they had half the participants do you know, just answer, just do a journaling activity that wasn't gratitude-based. And then they did the other half, um, did a gratitude-specific intervention. And they did it for five, you know, five days a week for two weeks, 10 days total. Before they started it, they measured some basic baseline stuff, um, you know, things like demographics, et cetera. And then on time two, they spent more time and uh, measured, like a bunch of other things for the study which I'll talk about the measures as well Mm -hmm. but let me first tell you what the gratitude intervention was cool so what it was is they asked people this is I'm going to read it exactly uh, because I think it's helpful and um, in the show notes I'll put a link to the article that we, this article of course, and the article that we wrote about it, um, that includes the same intervention. So if you wanted to use it, it's really easy to find. Grab it and go. Um, awesome. But basically, what it says, so it has everyone sit down, and then it says try to think about the many things in your job and work, both large and small, for which you are grateful. These might include supportive work relationships, sacrifices or contributions that others have made for you, advantages or opportunities at work, or thankfulness for the opportunity to have your job in general. Think back over the day and write down on the lines below the events that you're grateful for or thankful for and why. Try to think of new ideas that you have not focused on in the past.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So they're trying to make sure that because they're doing this each day right it sounds like they're trying to make sure that you're not just like I'm grateful for my family every day or whatever they're trying to get you to generate like multiple ways that you're grateful each day um Mm -hmm. and probably that broadens your thinking over time about like wow I do have a lot to be grateful for even if you're still grateful for the same things you were grateful for yesterday part of the prompt is also like try to think of new stuff
0: Exactly. Yes. And it makes you think about like your specific day and it's all job related. So, you know, maybe you're generally grateful for your coworkers, but then if I'm trying to think of something new, I can think of something specific that a coworker did. Like my coworker um, thanked me in front of the entire team today and I'm grateful for that or whatever. Um, So yeah, to your point, it makes you think about other ideas and not just what you've always been thankful for, what you've been thankful for in the past. Awesome.
1: Cool. That sounds really good. And
0: it's pretty easy. Like
1: that's a pretty straightforward intervention.
0: So easy, which is why I wanted to read it out loud so that everyone knows, because spoiler alert, it works. Yay. Um, so it's really easy for you to then take it and use it. So we'll talk about some takeaways at the end, but that was the intervention. And what they did is they measured um, a couple different things from a individual person perspective. So they asked... Uh, the participants to answer some questions around the potential reasons why gratitude might help. Um, So I'm going to focus on the one that worked, which is self-control resources. And I'll talk about that more in a second, but Mm -hmm. basically, um, well, I'll just talk about it now. The question, like an example question they gave, and this would be reverse coded is it would take a lot of effort for me to concentrate on something. So what they were theorizing is using the self-regulation theory Um, Is that if you have gratitude, if you're perceiving the world through a more grateful lens, then your resources to regulate yourself, your emotions, your reactions um, are higher or greater. So self-regulation theory is basically like, just like we talked about conservation of resources theory before, it's very similar. It's you have a finite amount of resources to control yourself, your behaviors, your reactions, etc., And you can kind of think about it like sometimes you're, let's see, you know, maybe you're really stressed out and you're exhausted and you've gone through a really long day and your fuse is super short because you've had to be nice to people that are pissing you off. So (laughs) let's say you're in a you have a bad client your client's really rude and they're mean, but their clients are going to be nice. So you're like having to just constantly control yourself and be nice back and not show them how angry you are and you're regulating yourself a lot. At the end of the day, you're going to be lean on those resources and then somebody else might say something to you, not your client, but somebody else that bothered you and you just snap at them because you don't mm-hmm. have the control, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So- yeah. So basically what that means is, again, we have a finite amount of resources. So the theory is that if we have more gratitude, that can be protective and help us kind of restore some of those resources um, because we're moving towards a positive away from the negative, And we're able to just think like, oh, well, you know, maybe I had to smile and be happy in this client meeting, but I had really great coworkers with me that along the way that Mm. were supporting me in this and, you know, gave me a hug at the end of the meeting when I needed a hug or whatever it is. Um, but you're feeling like you're grateful towards something and that positivity kind of helps restore some of your resources. So now suddenly you have a little bit more of an ability to control your reactions, behaviors, and emotions.
1: That's awesome. Okay. So when I'm more grateful, I am better able to, I have more personal resources to regulate myself and my emotions. So it, it has this like um, positive impact on sort of giving me back energy into my ability to like regulate my thoughts and regulate how I'm feeling. And from there, I'm not like on a breaking point when I'm around colleagues or clients or other folks at work. Where I'm like, okay, I'm getting ready to snap here. Uh, if, if one more bad thing happens, I'll snap. It's like, okay, I can handle something that might not be so great because I have more energy because I've like replenished my resources through gratitude.
0: Exactly. Yep. Cool. So that's the theory that they had. And so as I said, they had people go through the gratitude intervention and they asked them about their self-control resources and then they asked their coworkers um, a couple of weeks later and asked them questions around do they gossip? You know, how often in the last two weeks has this coworker gossiped or criticized other people? How often have they let other people out of conversations? Things like that for ostracism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for incivility, things like have they put people down or made condescending comments? So they actually asked coworkers to rate the person that went through the intervention. And then, of course, the control group where the people were not going through that same intervention. Hmm. So, interestingly, they found that the coworkers that went through the intervention were less likely to gossip, were less likely to be rude or incivil to people or uncivil to people, and were less likely to ostracize people than people that didn't go through the gratitude intervention. Hmm. That's
1: really cool. and. You said that the um, folks for uh, the uh, alternative intervention were still journaling, right?
0: Yes, exactly. So they were journaling. Um, and basically, the journal, let me find the quote of what the intervention looked like. But basically, it was similar, like it was think back on something, but it was not with a gratitude lens. Um, so it was do, do, do try to think about the many things in your job and work both large and small that affected you today these might include work relationships projects or your job in general think back over the day and write down on the lines below the events that had an impact on you try to think of new ideas you not focus on the past so it's just very much cool. like what happened versus what are you grateful for that's, that's awesome. Okay, cool.
1: So it's not just the impact of the act of journaling or
0: keeping a journal. It's specifically that you have to be reflecting on what you're grateful for. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting, um, an interesting way to measure it. And as I mentioned, they tried a, a couple different potential reasons why um, this would work. And the one that came out is actually working is the self-control resources so it's kind mm. of a a really unique finding to be like oh well we know gratitude can help people treat other people better but not only do we know that but we know it's because they're better at controlling their emotions and regulating how they're behaving because gratitude is actually replenishing some of those resources
1: that's awesome that's really cool so the take-home here um in terms of reducing the mistreatment is not necessarily like hey you need to take time to reflect in general you need to journal in general but rather it's really due to this idea that you're reflecting on what you're grateful for because the more grateful you are the more that helps you to have resources that you need to be able to regulate your emotions and cognitions in a different way than it would be if you were just like thinking about your day more broadly exactly
0: And then there's one little additional nuance I want to bring up that is important, um, especially from an organizational perspective. So like if I'm an employee, like, yes, great. You know, if I want to make sure I'm treating people well, I should take on this gratitude journaling. um, And, you know, if I notice I'm being short with people or potentially being rude, what have you, here's an idea for something you can actively do yourself. Obviously, teams that are struggling with incivility and different mistreatment behaviors should be doing this as well. But there is a caveat. In an organization where it's common or at least somewhat likely that people express appreciation or at least thank each other, you're more likely to see this effect but if you're an mm-hmm. organization where people don't think each other and no one is grateful or appreciative of each other, then this effect kind of goes away. And it's a lot. It's not really that helpful to practice gratitude if no one in the culture is focusing on gratitude at all.
1: Huh. That's really interesting. Um, so it kind of needs to like reinforce each other.
0: Yes. So I mm. think it's really... Like this coupled with some of the other research that we've talked about in the past around creating a culture of gratitude and how gratitude breeds more gratitude, I think is really important. So, you know, if you want to implement an intervention because you're having some mistreatment issues, some bullying issues, whatever within the organization, then you need to not only say, hey, everyone, here's something simple, simple and super cheap that you can all do. Let's do this gratitude intervention. But you as the leaders need to start thanking people for things, showing that appreciation. All of that will make a big impact to make this actually work. So you Mm. need both. Um, And if you're in a a culture where people are thanking each other fairly frequently already and maybe there's just some teams where there's a problem then this should be a really simple intervention to just implement right away to fix that team that's having problems
1: hmm that's really cool and I think it goes along with a lot of stuff that we talk about in like the diversity equity and inclusion space is like you can't say like oh this is for everyone else but it's not for me if you're a senior leader uh like oh yeah like the people need to show gratitude or the managers need to show gratitude, but like that's for them. But that doesn't count. I don't count in that because I'm not like of that level. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. people can't count themselves out. Like, of course, like I'm perfect because I'm in charge. <laughs> so I don't need to know how to do these things or I don't need training on that, etc. When the reality is oftentimes people are not doing that and it can be, the difference maker between whether or not a culture actually becomes sticky or whether people look to the top and say, okay, well, you know what? It's really, um, it's really possible to get ahead here without acting this way. So then other people don't act that way. And then that keeps weakening the culture every time that happens.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's definitely up to everyone to build a gratitude culture and then to focus it on, you know, building your own gratitude to help make sure that you're treating others properly. So it's, it is a team effort. It's not, you know, again, from an individual perspective, like, yes, a gratitude intervention we know is going to help you feel more grateful and should have some impact on you individually, but it's not going to make a big impact on the team overall. It's really, it really needs to be focused on the team overall, the culture of the team that you're building and making sure that people are expressing that gratitude um, outside of just the journaling piece.
1: Yeah. I think that's awesome. I think that's really good takeaway. So try to cultivate the culture of gratitude from the top down. And then once you have a culture that has some gratitude in it, you can fix trouble spots with this really easy intervention. And the next time, you know, you think about solving a problem around gratitude in the organization or around mistreatment in the organization and you just say well we don't have the money to tackle that or whatever the case may be it doesn't cost anything to do this uh, and you can solve a problem um, around negative treatment in your organization by actually putting something in place that's fairly simple which is always a nice thing
0: yeah exactly it is super simple super affordable um, and seems to have a fairly big impact so I think that there's a lot that we can learn from this research and i love i always love research where it's like here's a thing that you can do yes and here's the result right like that's the best so it makes one it makes writing our takeaways a lot easier when we're thinking about what to talk about but also um it's it's just really cool to see this kind of work being done so i appreciate the authors and the work and i think that uh everyone should take note and be more grateful
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed learning about this. And uh, maybe I'll implement this in some of my classes actually moving forward. That could be kind of nice.
0: Ooh, I like that. I yeah. like that. And then you can have, I mean, I don't know if you have problems with mistreatment in your classes, but it'll mitigate that potential problem. Yeah. True. So that's good. Very true. Very yeah. true. I
1: hope that I don't, but. Um, it can never hurt to make people a little more grateful. So it's a very good point. And uh, thank you so much for reading this article.
0: Of course, happy to share it. And for all of our listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us a note. Let us know what you think about this. Has gratitude helped your workplace? You can email us at contact at You can find us on our website, workerbeing.com, and on social media at workerbeing on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And don't forget, we have a new YouTube channel. So if you haven't checked it out, go find us on YouTube. There'll be a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer and produced by Allie Johnson.